Your Newcastle. Welcome to Your Newcastle podcast. Today, I am joined with one of our city's finest ambassadors, Jackie Gillies, also known for her amazing charity work, her role on The Real Housewives of Melbourne, and many, many other very different roles she has played, but also a great trailblazing Novocastrian. Welcome, Jackie. Oh my God, I'm so glad to be here. And I'm loving that this Newcastle podcast has been set up and you are kicking goals. You are an inspiration to a lot of women out there, Nuatali, and I feel honored to be here sitting on your podcast, ready to shine it up and have a chat. You are such an amazing talent, Jackie. Thank you. You're always so kind. Your kindness comes out of every part of you whenever I see you. And you've had such an interesting career and interesting journey. Our worlds don't collide very often because, you know, both very busy. But when they do, I am just fascinated by your story. You have been an author. You have been an ambassador for many really important charities, particularly for women. You have also embarked very recently on a personal journey that I think a lot of people can connect to. You have been through, correct me if I'm wrong, seven rounds of IVF and are pregnant with twins. Oh my God, can you believe it? I mean, Look, to be fair, I'll tell you, it's been a very hard journey for myself and and for Ben, for Ben and and myself. And it's been a long road. It's been a long process. And it's been two years in the making of trying to fall pregnant. And even sometimes still talking about it, I get really quite sometimes emotional about it. Maybe it's the hormones. Oh, my God, being pregnant right now with twins, I just cannot believe it. It has been a long road and and I feel like going back onto the Real Housewives of Melbourne, one of the reasons I said yes for this season was because I wanted to share my journey and I also wanted to share the rawness of it is not easy. There's a lot of women out there that don't like talking about it because they think there's something wrong with them or they feel ashamed. And I think that we need to start the conversation because so many women, I feel, and I can say this from experience with doing psychic medium readings that a lot of women I've done readings for don't share with their family members that they're going through IVF. And it's so common. And I feel like if I could inspire one person, then I'm doing my job, but it hasn't been an easy road. And I will tell you, I thought it would have been an easy road, like, you know, try to fall pregnant naturally. And that just didn't happen. And then, you know, when I went to the doctors, they, they were like, It's called unexplained infertility. And I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Like, you know, we ran all the tests. There was nothing wrong with Ben. There was nothing wrong with myself. It's just unexplained. And, you know, the ups and downs, I wasn't wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't prepared emotionally for what it would bring. And I feel that if I didn't have the love and support of not only Ben, who has been my rock, through everything in my family, I don't know if I would have lasted seven rounds, to be fair. Look, I haven't personally been through it, but I've had some very close friends go through IVF and they have, as they've been going through it, relayed the details of what they personally have to go through, what they go through as a couple, and then also their broader family. And unless you have that intimate knowledge, 
it is a hard road. And that's why I said seven rounds. And just the effect on your own body with the injections and the hormones and the side effects of that, and then just managing your day-to-day life at the same time, that is a really grueling journey that I know the rewards are, are definitely coming. There's challenges having three children of my own, but the rewards, I have a real perchance for babies. Like I like I don't know why, but you know, a lot of people are like that. I just love babies. I liked having babies. I liked when my babies were little. They get I think they get a lot harder when they turn into teenagers. <laughs> and I'm sure you're getting a lot of unsolicited advice just being in and itself pregnant. But when I heard the news, uh, I saw it on Instagram, I was just overjoyed for you because you're a very public figure. You do a lot for other people and help other people. And I always just wanted you to have that joy in your life. So from me to you, I'm so happy for you and that you've gone through that sort of pain to come out the other side. And I know that you and Ben are such an amazing couple. And I love the story about how you met at TAFE and then a decade later reconnected. Tell me about that a little bit more. Natalia, you know, I'm very spiritual and I'm also a manifester in life. I believe your thoughts create your experiences. And what's really interesting about the way Ben and I met was Silverchair were actually paying for a music industry course where about 12 people from the Hunter region were accepted into this music industry course, but nobody at the time knew that Silverchair were actually paying for this course. And I remember my music teacher, because I was always singing and dancing, and I thought that was a path I was going to roll into, said to me, there's this course that's affiliated with TAFE and the Year 12 certificate, and I think you should do it. So I went along and sang Simply the Best by Tina Turner, and I got in. (laughs) I love that. Can we have a rendition? (laughs) Oh, yeah, girl. (laughs) Oh my God, I might be out of tune now. So I sang that song and I got in and what had happened was it was two weeks into the course and I remember sitting there and and all of a sudden these three boys walked in and it was when Silverchair just exploded. And obviously I listened to R&B and hip hop, so I wasn't really into rock music, but obviously everybody knew who Silverchair were. They, you know, they were, I think they were at the back end of just doing a tour with the, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blink-182, being on the same headline with some of the biggest, like Aerosmiths and biggest bands in the world. And they've come off the back of this tour. And I remember when they walked in, it was almost like I thought, oh, my God, everybody's, like, head just went, holy shit, like, these are the boys from Silverchair and they're sitting here in our class right now. And then we found out that these guys were paying for this course to give back to the Hunter region so people could learn about the, the facets of the music industry. And I remember Ben was quite, excuse my French, smart arsey. <laughs> no, not those newy high boys. Newy high boys. And Ben always said, I always remember you as the good-looking European chick that's very fiery and you wouldn't really talk to anybody. And I thought, well, <laughs> That's because I thought, mm, I don't know about you boys, but I, I knew, so I met them when I was 15 and a half and I was a year younger than most of the kids in, in my school because I started a year earlier. So that went on for two and a half years, that program. And then what had happened was life went on. I had my first relationship. It was very toxic. I write about it in my, in my book where I had lost myself. It was very controlling. It was a situation where I thought that was my first love and that's how a relationship should be. And then I 
quickly realized four and a half years in that this is not a relationship that is good. This is a relationship that is that is controlling and one that is not a service to me. And it took me a long time to get out of that emotionally. And I remember sitting on my bed one day, and this is before I started doing psychic medium readings. And I spoke to the universe and I spoke to God and I had said to the universe, if there really is a God, and I used to pray every day, and when I say pray, pray to the universe, and I'm not a religious person, but I used to say, if there is a God, then prove it to me. And in that moment, I saw every time this person had ever cheated on me, and I remember going back to this person and, and telling them what I saw, and they were like, how did you know that? And I said, the angel showed me, and, they, and he was like, what the hell? So moving forward from that, that had to happen for me to meet Ben again. So I decided that I was never going to date another man for five years. Went on became a psychic medium in Newcastle, followed my spiritual path, followed my life purpose, followed the things that and I studied and learned all about mindset and keeping a positive mindset and how to change your thinking and learning the art of manifestation and how to draw that energy to you. And so I started doing vision boards when I was 17. And on these vision boards to this day, I have everything on these vision boards from the type of relationship I wanted, type of lifestyle I wanted, to be able to give back to charities because I'm a believer that when you give without wanting back, then the universe will respond to that. And in my vision boards was a relationship and all I could see was the back of the head. And what I mean by that is I had myself and I just had a photo of a person at the back of their head and they had long, like darkish hair. I got a phone call. This was when I became well-known as this psychic medium in Newcastle. And a girlfriend had rang me. I hadn't spoke to her in four and a half years. And she said, I'm having a party and it's a, it's in Bondi and I want you to come. I was like, no, I'm not going to that party. I'm, you know, focusing on doing my psychic medium readings and me. Something in my head said, you need to drive to this party. So I drove from Newcastle to Sydney, went to this party. I listened to my gut feelings, left at 7.30 at night, got down there by 9.30 and all of a sudden, in walks Ben. And I didn't remember Ben straight away. He looked at me and he remembered my walk and he goes, oh, my God, Jackie, it's you. And I went, Ben? And I was like, okay. And then I dropped him at the Ivy and he was meeting up with the Shirelle and Shirelle's were all the girls he was out, you know, shining up with. He wanted my number. I said, you're not going to get my number. You're going to get my psychic number. That night I had a dream and I messaged Ben because I've got his number as well. And Ben and I dreamt exactly the same dream. Stop, Stop it. Yes, we did. The dream was I walked through a gate. There was a pool and there was all these people. I looked across. Ben looked at me and I felt safe. And we hung out as best friends for a year. I said to my dad, I'm going to be married by the time I'm 30. At 29 and a half, I had no boyfriend. And my dad's like, something's wrong with you. He's very quotient. You don't even have a boyfriend. How are you going to be married at 30? This doesn't make sense. And I said, dad, it's going to happen. And Ben and I hung out as best friends only for a year. And granted, Ben would try to kiss me and I wouldn't touch him. For me to kiss someone had to mean something. And the first time he kissed me, two days later, I had a dream that Ben was proposing. I rang my mother up and said, Ben's going to propose to me, but unbeknown to me, mum's like, don't be so ridiculous. Ben had already rang my parents and had never met them and asked for my hand in marriage. And Ben proposed with the diamonds that I had on my manifestation board. And I was married a day before my 30th birthday. Oh, my goodness. What's happening in your Newcastle? Subscribe to our mailing list at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. That's a very condensed story that you do share through your memoirs. But it is an amazing story. Not the fact that you 
manifested it through your own practices and the like. But you condense, you know, a really important almost decade of your life where you've really looked inside yourself and bucked the trend. Your story always fascinates me. I mean, I grew up in Newcastle as well. Like I'm a little bit older than you. But the path that you went down was the path of most resistance. Just following every single dream that you had for yourself. You talk about it just now, but I know from talking to you about your journey that even just following your dreams to be a psychic medium, that was not easy. There was a lot of obstacles for everything that you've achieved and you continue to be a shining light for a lot of young women, a lot of people that want to follow their dreams. And just like me in my role, I know that people would dismiss you and criticize you, just probably sometimes just based on gender. The fact that you're very self-assured in you know the path that you want to go down, you know, how could a young woman know all this? And you stand very tall in the face of that type of criticism and follow your dream. I don't know if this sounds odd, but because I knew a number of years ago, you said that you wanted to have children, you and Ben, I just knew that that would occur. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even psychic. I just went, well, Jackie knows how to manifest what she needs and wants in her life. I had no hesitation in thinking that that will happen. But what I don't think people understand is these journeys and the success they see in you is not an easy path. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. When I started doing psychic medium readings, I'm, I mean, I left the corporate world. I was working in banking. And I remember a lot of people like, oh, what a load of bullshit. Oh, my God, look at what this person's doing. How can this person give me advice? Or how can, you know, they haven't had life experience. But somewhere deep in my soul, I knew I had to be authentic. And I knew this was my purpose. When I started doing my first reading, I remember being booked out for a month and six months and one year then two years and three years. And I started thinking to myself, how is it that I'm able to see things about people and know things about people without realising it? And then I started meditating and learning that we've all got it. But the thing that I truly give thanks to every day is gratitude is that I don't want to live a life where I'm not authentic to who I am, regardless of what other people think. Because a lot of times when people judge you, it's because they're projecting their own fears out to you. They're envious about what you're achieving or there's a lot of jealousy or fear-based conditioning within their own mindset that want to stop you from achieving what you're going to do because they would like to do that. So basically, if somebody's trying to put something out to you or they're jealous or they'll criticise you or say this, that's because there's something insecure about themselves or there's something about themselves that they're not happy with in their own life, so they will project that to somebody else that's succeeding. So for me, what I really learned very quickly after that relationship breakdown, the first relationship was the universe told me, and I'm talking about my deep inner soul, said that your gut feeling knows when something's right, your intuition, and they know when something's not right. And so for me, even though people would get poo-poo some of the things that I did, and what I've achieved, the fact is it wasn't easy. There were times that I used to cry in my bed. There was a, there was a whole year of depression for me. And, and people don't know that. I remember where I laid in my bed for a year 
after that breakdown of that relationship, I was doing a job that I wasn't happy with, but the only person that could change that was me and nobody else. And I had to stand up for who I was and go, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what makes me happy. And this is what my purpose is. I know that motivating and helping people is part of what I'm here to do. And I know if I die tomorrow, I know if I've inspired one person, then I've done my job. I'm not going to live a life based upon what other people think my life should be because that won't make me happy. And a lot of the time when I've done readings of people that have laid on their deathbed, the biggest regret a lot of people had is not following what they were here to do. And I refuse to do that. And so when people get negative or there's trolling or there's situations when people aren't so nice to you, you've got to start blessing them with love. That took me a long time to learn how to do that, but I do do that. And I project loving energy towards them without taking that on. It's such good advice. Even just for me, when you've said that to me, because, you know, politics, pretty cutthroat world, very masculine. And, you know, in some respects, I did that sometimes. But when you would, you know, the, the times that we have intersected have always been really amazing pearls of wisdom from someone who is essentially quite young, but has lived this amazingly interesting full life with the Silverchair drummer who won a talent quest that I organised when I was in year 11 when they were in year eight. You know, I'm going to flip the conversation for a minute, Mm. but I have to say this, what you do for this, for Newcastle and for a woman to come in and take charge and really care about Newcastle as a community and I have to say, my I take my hat off to you, Nuatali, because there's a lot of things that you'll face and I can say a lot of energy that I feel around you from men that probably feel quite, what's the right word? I don't want to use the word jealousy, that you don't deserve where you are because you're a woman. And I absolutely in love that you are there owning it. You are giving Newcastle everything that you've got. And for every person out there that thinks you don't deserve to be where you are, let me tell you, there is more to come. This is just a vibe I'm getting right now. And I can't wait till you shine your light even bigger. Because what you've done for Newcastle, I've seen you do more for Newcastle in the time you've worked as a Lord Mayor than any other mayor I've seen. You are very, very kind. And a few people that we were organising the podcast with said, I wonder if Jackie will do a psychic reading for you when you're doing a podcast. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that I don't know how well that would go. <laughs> I don't think we'd want to do one where things may come up that some people in Newcastle may not want me to know about them. <laughs> no, I think we might save that one for another podcast. Yeah, it's more like watch this space. Feeling social? Follow City of Newcastle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You know, I think I am very privileged that people have entrusted me into this role and I feel a a genuine sense of responsibility to each and every Novocastrian and beyond to make sure that I'm working to the best of my ability and bringing people together. And that's part of the reason why we wanted to try different ways to communicate and celebrate our city ambassadors like yourself and your very unique and inspiring journey for other young women, not just here in Newcastle, but really around the world. I I love also the, the way that you and Ben have let people into your 
personal relationship. And he uh, is such a great supporter of yours. You know, what a champion he is, not just for his own career, but in terms of really being a wonderful role model to young men. You were on the show, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And didn't he wear your T-shirt, was it, or some of your clothes? No, what happens Mm. is, or what was going on was, Mm. every time he went to bed, he would smell my T-shirt and sleep with my T-shirt because he missed me so much. And and, and when I came out of the jungle and a lot of media publications were like, Jackie, you know your husband would sleep with your T-shirt? I go, yeah, because he missed me and he wanted to to feel me next to him. And I thought it was really, really sweet. You know, Nortali, I'm so blessed with Ben in the sense of Ben will support and encourage any single, anything that I said to him that I wanted to do, Ben will support it. And do you know how hard that is sometimes to find in a relationship? And when I say support, I mean support. If we had children, and we will have children, if I said I needed to take five weeks off and go on a Europe holiday, he would say, you go. What can I do to make that happen? He is the most understanding, generous person with support that I've ever met and I really I thank God every day for him and and he's the most humble man for what he's achieved Ben is so damn humble like a lot of people in Newcastle when we when we're back home will be like Ben's the most down to earth even in Melbourne like some of the people we've you know like we've become really close affiliated with here are like he's so freaking humble like he is so down to earth and I said that's a Newey trait man like yeah. everyone from Newey is like that you know <laughs> but I have to go back to Newcastle do you know how many people say like Newcastle that haven't visited Newcastle from say in Melbourne that you know have been kind of that go overseas every year instead of like traveling more around Australia they'll say to me when we've actually come to Newcastle because of you and we've visited it that place is so magical, I can't even put it into words. The beaches, the people, the community. And we didn't really, we knew Newcastle obviously existed, but we didn't really understand the essence and the energy of Newcastle until we come to visit. So I feel like Newcastle is such, I think a lot of magic happens in Newcastle. There's so many amazing things that come out of Newcastle, arts, music, businesses, people, culture. It's such a diverse city and we're it's it's almost like now australia is really taking note and listening i really do believe that and it was a, a dream that i did have to really celebrate newcastle because growing up here like you I, I loved it and when you're young you sometimes don't see the rough edges and for me i had such a romantic vision of newcastle around beaches and you know going to school and playing sport and parks and you and ben would have had similar experiences particularly around arts and music that it wasn't until you sort of get a bit older you go oh they probably you know some really significant challenges generations before us that have led us into a pathway to be able to celebrate the city but the essence is how you describe it it's the people it's people like yourself and Ben that are ambassadors living in Melbourne having quite a large following and profile not just for one of your careers but for your multifaceted career and now really interested in your personal journey into uh, motherhood and having twins I can tell you that when I was first pregnant obviously a few years ago now I used to think oh I wish I could have twins there's absolutely no facts involved in this at all but I think it's a very special 
if you're having twins, like you're extra special. And I think that about other people I know that have had twins, there's something very special about just carrying, you know, more than one child, because that's hard in itself, but also raising two at the same time. I think it's going to be just such a beautiful journey for you two. Have you picked out names? Yes, but we're not going to share that just yet. Oh, can we do a guessing competition? Yes, you can do a guessing competition. Mm. You can. Do we know gender? No, not yet. Okay, so we have to sort of do like a boy and a girl guessing competition. We can do that as well. Yeah, you you look so excited about this guessing competition. (laughs) You know, I I actually don't think it's completely hit me. Yes, I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. My stomach's getting bigger and bigger. But it hasn't completely hit me that I'm having twins. And I'm one of these people that, and Benny's too, that... When something happens, it happens, like, massively, right? And when yeah. we don't have a very nine-to-five lifestyle where we go to work at nine, like at work, you know, Ben's in the studio or, or I'm filming the show and then I come back and then I've got to be here, they've got to be there everywhere. And I'm thinking, this still hasn't fully hit me, New Tally, that I'm having twins. It will hit you, even if it only happens the day of <laughs> the birth. Let's call one Novo and the other one Castrian. What do you reckon? Oh, that's pretty sick. Nova Castrian. Yeah. <laughs> Nova, come on. Castrian, boom, let's go. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a little bit gender neutral. I do like that. <laughs> Discovering your Newcastle is easy. Download the City of Newcastle app to keep up to date with what's happening in your city. It is wonderful to be able to catch up with you. How's it been while you've been filming Real Housewives of Melbourne in Melbourne? I've had really bad crippling sciatica and I've been really affected by that with this pregnancy. So sometimes it's been quite difficult for me to to film, but I have been filming. I'm a professional, so you know you gotta get up and you gotta do what you gotta do. And I, I feel like it's 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 probably giving me a welcome distraction for a minute because you know in the second trimester everybody says it's easier than the first trimester. By the way, I'm getting a problem with your lower back as I'm talking to you right now on your right hand side. Like I fully am feeling your right hand side of your back. I'm not standing up straight. <laughs> no, but I'm, feel, I'm feeling the energy around the back. But um, it hasn't been easy, but it's been a welcome distraction in the, in, the, in the way that if I wasn't filming Housewives, then I would be probably more laying on the lounge, not doing much of much. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the pain has been so painful. But I've been making myself get up and, and it's been really difficult because my IVF doctor, who, by the way, is Dr. Sue Winspear in Newcastle, Wow. Yeah, I've I've been with her for the last two years and she has been amazing. So many people are like, so are you, you know, are you, you know, following any doctors here in Melbourne? So, no, keeping it 100. She's a new doctor and she's my IVF doctor. And so I will come home to give birth with Dr. Sue Winsby. My child is due the 4th of November, so see how that rolls. But, um, or children rather. It hasn't been an easy second trimester with a sciatica. I've never felt, I have to be honest with you. I've, did you have that? No, I didn't have that, um, fortunately. I, and, but I was only ever carried one child at a time. I found, <laughs> talking about pregnancy, I found more towards the end, I would swell up a little bit and you just, the restricted movement. But I imagine, no uh, medical background, that you could get to that place a little sooner because you've got two. So in terms of your restrict your movement restrictions at the end, but there's some beautiful things. I'm assuming that you're feeling movement. Has that started yet? I'm feeling flutters and I'm like, is that a kick? And my 
IVF. Yeah. He goes, yes. They're, they're, and I'm like, going, that's weird. It's so, so weird. That's um, like that butterfly feeling. And it's so interesting. And it's such a, a unique time in your life. So I know you have sciatica, but oh, terrible, probably terrible advice. Just try and enjoy it because it doesn't last for very long. And it's probably slightly less painful than when they all, when the two arrive and then you're just in the thick of some sleepless nights. But what I would say is that little flutter can turn into some decent wax. My second child, Stella, and I have a very distinct memory of this, and she is uh, 17 this year. If I rolled over to one side, she would then roll over a certain way. So she obviously had a, a way that she liked to lie. And then if I rolled to the other side, she would straight away roll the other way in my stomach. <laughs> and you feel her doing all that? Oh, 100%, yes. And it used to be – it was more particular to her than the, my other two, but she obviously had a certain way she used to lie. And if I rolled over, she would move. And then if I rolled over again, she would move. Like I could I could like wake her up almost inside me by rolling over. You know, I was really cute. I said to Ben the other day, I said, oh my God, I think it's kicking. And Ben's like, ran over to yeah. try and like, I was like, oh my God, really? But he couldn't feel anything at that moment because it's still quite faint. But Look, I, I am enjoying the process. I, I think it's, like I said, it's been a long time waiting. But the one thing that I feel like that I'm probably being a bit challenged on is you've got to get into the process, right, where you can't control your body. And that's with IVF, that's with pregnancy. I'm not just talking about weight gain. I'm talking about the fact that things aren't as easy to do because I'm a get up and go person. I'm a do all right. So I don't like sitting around and laying around the lounge. Like, I don't know, if there's things to do around the house, I'm like, get up. And then I'm like, oh, oh, okay. like this is a bit of a struggle. They're like, Jackie, you know, you've got to film for eight hours today. And I'm like going, oh, I've got really bad sighting. I've got to just sit down for a minute. And they're like, Jackie, whatever you need, we're here to help. But that, that's the thing that, did you find a bit of that too? Because you're a doer, you're a goer. Like you don't like to be sitting around all day long. And I just don't, yeah. Yeah, I know you have to rest. I know you got to do all that, but I think for me, it's getting myself in the process of allowing myself to go. You can have everything, but just not at once. Yeah, your body's talking to you and saying, "Yeah, it's saying you need to slow down." And it's probably because you've had such a a full, busy life and so many different careers. It's basically saying you need to prepare to slow down a bit because you're going to be consumed in a beautiful but exhausting way in a couple of months time and that will last for some time but it's both rewarding and at the same time very challenging and I think that is the same that all parents would say to you whether it's during pregnancy whether it's during those early years where there is a lot of sleepless nights and for me now I'm in the teenage years you know what teenagers are like they're a lot do you know Ben and I are like big teenagers anyway but you are such a unjudgmental mother like you allow your children to be who they are so I, I would find that quite funny to actually and your children are gorgeous so to see to see you be challenged by them would actually be interesting because it's really oh. them having their own personalities and being very independent, right? And what I find really funny is where they think you you haven't lived a life before them and yeah. you don't know anything and you never experienced anything. And it's like, dude, get with the program. I did live a life before you were born. Yeah, it is that is a it is a funny slash challenging age, those teenage years. And I think it's, you know, we've all been through it. They're not children and not adults and trying to operate sometimes as a child then sometimes as an adult and it has a whole different set of challenges and 
parents do need to let go. And my children, by default of their raising and also my work schedule, have learnt to be quite independent and resilient. But I imagine your children will be the same because although you might try and slow down in a sense when they're young because they, you know, need you sort of on a 24-hour call, on-call system. I've like stretched out two words you've said, exhausting and 24-hour call, sleepless nights. I know that's all part of the program, but that is where my head is sitting with you saying that. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no, that's not what – I shouldn't say that, should I? I'm sorry. <laughs> but because – That's the reality of it. It is a reality, but there is so much joy and so many beautiful moments that all of that pales into insignificance. I found people – talked a lot about when they were pregnant before they had children about what style of birth they were going to have and it was like this big deal like are you going to have a natural birth are you going to have a cesarean are you going to birth in the water are you going to hospital are you going to birth at home and all of this time when people are pregnant they spend all this time talking about what lasts anywhere between you know half an hour and a couple of days and do you know how many times after that whole birth has occurred no one walks around talking about to their friends oh what type of birth did you have you know 15 years ago it's just it's just a very snapshot in time when you're pregnant yeah yeah you know you're uh, you're absolutely right and you've given birth to three god when they told me i'm having twins i think my eyes popped out of my head but you know what's interesting when i actually was saying this on the housewives they were filming me i had forgotten that I had a dream, and I said this on the show, and I'll probably flip back to it, that I had a dream my grandmother came to me and said, you're going to have twins, and they've got that on footage from four or five years ago. And here we are today with twins in my stomach. The proof. <laughs> the proof. The proof. The proof. And they've just thought, they've all just gone, Jackie, nothing ceases to amaze us. But, you know, the one thing I do want to say is that when I started the IVF journey, I thought this would be an easy journey. I thought it would happen easily, but I never was, I was never prepared for the way or the route it was going to come. And sometimes I think this had to happen for me to be able to share this journey and this story and be able to open up about my journey. And so many people have written to me on social media and said, you just talking about it has allowed me to open up to my family members, my mother and my father and talk about this. And I think the only way for a lot of women that go through this over and over, and then, you know, every month you go, is this it? Like I've done the egg transfer. Oh my God, did it take, did it take? And there were times that it didn't take that I did. And I say this on the show that I I lost faith and I thought, is this ever going to happen? And then something deep within me would say, snap out of it. This is going to happen. If there's one thing I can tell women out there is that, you got to have faith and you got to keep going. You just don't give up because it's too hard. you got to keep it moving. And I think that when you have the love and support of people around you and you open up that dialogue, then it makes it easier. It's always better to be able to share what you're going through with other people. And like other conversations I've had with people around, whether it's, you know, issues around uh, family violence or issues around, you know, stigmas attached to uh, mental health issues for young people, Whatever those stigmas are and those societal norms are, every time we talk about it in an open and honest way, you break down those barriers and make it easier for the next person. Yes, yes, 100%. I think when you're being honest and authentic and transparent, what then happens is it's like 
everything then everything else opens up for you and you feel lighter about it and you you feel like you don't have to hide things and i feel like that's happening a lot with with women out there that are going through this and i don't want people to suffer by themselves because there's nothing worse than when you try 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 and then you don't fall pregnant you think is there something wrong with me no there's nothing wrong with you it's just not the right timing or you know one in four women statistically have miscarriages and i have one of those too and i do talk about that on, on the real housewives of melbourne and that was quite shattering for me and then i realized it was the body's way for me personally to be able to get through that it was the body's way of saying something wasn't quite right and I had to give into that process. It is those sort of subjects um, are now being talked about more. What impact a miscarriage has on um, the individual, the relationship, the broader family. And sometimes if they're early on, people don't talk about it. The process just of going through IVF and that emotional roller coaster and knowing that you have got a good outcome really, and and that there is going to be a percentage of people that will go through this potentially without the same outcome, and they need community, family, love and support around them at the same time. Yeah, my love, you're absolutely spot on. I just think, you know, women and men supporting each other, and I feel like Newcastle is very good at that, like supporting one another. And I find that even with small businesses, I was just saying, I saw the Crystal Brook has opened up. I've seen a lot of small businesses opening up and I'm seeing a lot of people supporting, not just from Newcastle, I'm seeing a lot of people now coming from Sydney, staying with us and Brizzy and Queensland and Newey, getting to know Newcastle as a for what it is. I'm proud of New. Let me tell you, if anybody comes from Newey, I'm coming for them, as we've seen before in the past. But, it, you know, Newcastle is i actually this is my this is my prediction for newcastle i actually feel this time in about and i mean a lot of new newcastle people won't want to see this but i reckon it's going to turn into a bar and base situation where people are going to want to come down and spend their holidays like they do in byron you know byron's overpopulated now people are always holidaying there i feel like that's going to happen with new in time within the next six years within I think that prediction will be very welcome to a lot of people's ears in Newcastle. As we work on our visitor economy and how we appeal as a destination, which in essence, all of that work is just a celebration of how we live as Novocastrians and sharing that with everybody. Yes. Well, I mean, look at the airports now, where they're opening up. We're now going to be able to fly internationally right from Newcastle, right from our doorstep, which is exciting. And you're going to have to have a do-over because you were going to have, you know, a wonderful celebration for your birthday that happened to fall right in the middle of COVID. And now you have the wonderful opportunity to have twins and be a mother and have your family. So I imagine that by the time we hopefully get through this global pandemic, that there will be a Croatian do-over to celebrate all things Jackie Gillies. And you're coming. Yes, girl. Of course I'll be there. (laughs) Yes, you will be there shining it up. Oh, 100%. That's going to happen. That's going to happen, Nortali. Thank you so much for talking to me today on our Your Newcastle podcast. You're an amazing ambassador for the city. You're an amazing ambassador for women. And a huge congratulations to both you and Ben on that amazing news. I know, like many people, we're overjoyed for you. And we can't wait to share the rest of the journey. Oh, yes. And thank you for having me. And you keep inspiring, girl, because you inspire a lot of people yourself. That's your Newcastle. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen. 